They're a team that could use an up-and-coming, steady, middling quarterback who's a veteran. He's kind of seen it all. He looks like he's straight out of high school musical. I gotta get my get my hand in the game. Gotta get you, get you, get you, get your hand in the game. Gotta get my get my hand in the game. <laughs> it's like Pitbull, man. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Where's my high school musical fans? It, it was more a reference to our Jimmy G looking like Zac Efron. And, and what's the name of the high school? Oh, God, I cannot remember, mate. I, I wasn't actually a super fan like I sound like, but it's what's from... What's their mascot? Maybe, you know, like are they the Cougars or something? It's called High School Musical, mate. I don't have any other info. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I sound like I only a know. fan, but I basically just know that song. I'm a fan of the music, not the aesthetic. Exactly. It's game time. So to me, that would be a good way to open it up. Yes. You know, so yeah, there's definite appeal there. Oh, no, we just lost our under 20 demographic. It was a fizzler. So where do young people go when they're not uh, catching passes at the Steelers, Tay? Someone like the Jets will probably throw a massive coin at him to try and send his career into a tailspin. Hot diggity dog. I'm an optimist. I, I like having lots of options. Because, I mean, we see this all the time. We see three for twos. We see two for ones. Honestly, mate, that'd be enough to make me play well. This is a game my wife and I play at home and you're like, whoa! <laughs> this is the Astro League. It sounds so weird in like an Australian accent. The Astro League. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the Astro League podcast. I think my sheriff's decision is I, I just wouldn't do it during the season. Right. Um, so this is the pointy end of the season, the business end of the season, right? There's only four teams left. I've, I've actually forgot what it's like to be alive at this time of year. So I brought in the expert. This guy is, uh, he's alive. Tay, welcome back, mate. Mate, I may be alive, but some players out there in the NFL don't feel like they are. Uh, what absolute carnage, mate. I was on my time. I was on my holiday, you know, beaching it. You know, sitting there on the on the chair on the beach, you know, getting some sun on yeah, my right. bye week, and then I just I see oh COVID case, oh COVID case, oh injury scare, oh another COVID case, and it just happened to be to all of my players. So it absolutely felt great, mate. So it's going to be an absolute fantastic week. Let's do it. Gonna be a cracker, yeah, man. How great is this going to be? Um, I think the previews will be pretty short then because there's almost nobody healthy. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening back to shows from last week and the week before and the week before. Just I just want to make sure I've got the ballot right for the Carabar, the upcoming boardroom meeting. I just want to make sure I've got all that in check. And um, mate, I was listening to your What Gets My Goat, and it was two weeks ago that you were saying, can COVID fuck off? I just want to know what your position on it is now. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get into that in a sec, um, just because oh, it's probably going to be part of what gets my goat again, and I'm starting to think that I've angered someone by saying that. Um, but I'm just going to crack straight and do about three here. Uh- <laughs> Fuck yes. Fuck yes. After I've done all that foreskinning. By the way, I went back to discover when foreskinning became a thing. Week four. We've been Beautiful. talking foreskinning yep, sounds for about right. four months Week now. foreskinning. Week foreskinning. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> sounds about- enough, I feel like I've got to explain. For those who've just joined our show and don't know what foreskinning is, it's just when Taylor would say foreshadowing, I just wouldn't be able to get the idea of it being foreskin out of my head. So that, that's where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> One of those Everyone loves a bit of foreskin on their mind, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop out of the way. You get started, man. you got some things that got you go. 
I need a minute to complain about a couple of things. There's some things that are getting my goat. Yeah, I don't. I feel like that's happened every episode. There's just something that comes out of my mouth, and you're like, "Well, I don't know if anyone ever would have predicted this." You could kiss my ass, son. I miss doing that in back-to-back weeks by the skin of an Antarctic man's dick. That guy hasn't run for a rushing touchdown since television was in black and white. Hasn't Joel been kissed on the dick by? you know, dick-kissing leprechauns. Like, it's just been unbelievable the last six weeks. There are a couple of the arseholes that have taken off my Christmas card list now. That was a brutal section for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, anyway, um, there was a lot that I was wrong about. Wrong, 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 wrong. That's fair. That's a whole podcast. Oh, mate, holy balls. How bad was last week? There was about eight good players last week and everyone else was pure ass. And me sitting on the sideline watching all of my players either get COVID, get injuries, or just playing suck was hard to watch. Let's hope for a better week 16. In saying that, my team would have scored 149 points, so not bad. But man, do I have some issues this week. Mr. COVID clearly didn't listen to me last week, and I've angered the fuck out of him. Now COVID's back, and it's as mad as hell. I, I you know, haven't looked, really because I'm not in any leagues anymore, I've pretty much been knocked out of all of them except that podcast league you and I are both in. <laughs> we'll get to that. But setting lineups, I don't even, I'm so glad I don't even have to do it. I'm actually surprised we didn't touch on the podcast league more this year. I think we planned yeah. to and we just, we had so much more to talk about that we never did. And by the way, yeah. we ended up at one seed and got a buy and all of a sudden into the semis, funnily enough. So yeah, we'll we'll touch on that later. Yeah. But um I'm stuck in what's I'm stuck in bad things now, mate. Don't want to talk about good things. And I have a special shout out to one Thomas Prady. A well-timed fuck you to everyone who had a wonderful regular season with him. Fuck you, you old bastard. <laughs> I was having a little chuckle about how you were saying last week. He'd gotten everybody to their fantasy playoffs and it was one of your best calls of the year. It truly was. Um, But then by sort of, you know, middle of the afternoon Tuesday, (laughs) as much as he has helped people to their playoffs, he is 100% the reason that people are going home. (laughs) It proves how shit fantasy can be. Like you've got the guy, like I um, I. I've talked about it till the cows come home about my league and I'm not going to foreskin too much because I've actually got a third gets my goat and it's actually directed at the that league. And yeah. I've talked about that league a few times, but put it this way. I, I got a, I got a one seed in this league, literally riding Tom Brady. And then he goes out and does that to me in week one. I shouldn't yeah. have been playing in week one, but that's what I'm going to get into now. Here's my third one. Fuck you, Kelly cup and screw you, my brother. My brother screwed me. He played me. He was the eighth seed. I was the first seed. No. I went, I went what, 11 and three, played no. against my brother who sneaked in at seven and seven, I believe, in eighth. Yeah. I had that league. I had Hill and Kelsey do what they did on uh, what Friday, the yeah. 62 combined points, and I still lost. I got done by Jonathan Taylor and the fact that I had Tom Brady. It just all fell absolutely into a pile. I think I scored, oh, I think it was about just under 40 points from everyone else in my team. It wasn't named Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But my issue isn't that. My issue is the stupid league, the fact that it was 1v8 and the top two didn't get a bye. It should have been a top six in a 12-team league. Who the hell has a top eight in in a 12-team league? I'll never know. Absolute garbage. Can't believe I wasn't 
I didn't have a buy. We had nothing to play for. My team had nothing to play for in the last six weeks because it knew it was in the playoffs because I, I just had to not get below eight and I was, you know, killing it for most of the year. So, yeah, a bit frustrating. I will say that's the only league I've been knocked out of um, now. So I've got five different uh, playoffs where I'm into the second week. So I can't play too much, but it's funny how that was my best team in terms of the regular season. That's the one out first. Can I just tell you how delicious it is that it's your brother who's the eight seed? Oh, no. And Can he's I, the commissioner. He's yeah. the commissioner as well. Oh, you're kidding. So the eight, there's no way that's leaving now. He's just consolidated why you've got to have an eight seed. Absolutely not. <laughs> you might get a referendum up to try and make sure that that becomes a, uh, you know, a point where you can eradicate it. But now there's no way he's doing that. But yeah, well, it, it benefited him personally. It got voted. It got voted and passed last year. It stayed. It I, stayed. I still cannot believe it. Like, because we're in our own friend group that has about five of us and like four of us hate it. But for some reason, just everyone else in the league voted to keep it because really? they all felt like it was good because it would give you better games at the end of the year when there's more people playing for playoffs. And it doesn't make any sense because even when there's a top six, there's still plenty to play for for a lot of teams anyway. And the fact it is, like wow. you saw with my team, I quickly had nothing to play for really quickly because I knew yeah. I was in. It was it was dumb. So it, it was just a really, really weird way to get... The yeah. idea of having teams it's, want to continue winning. Like it might lead to negative play because you go, well, gee, I don't want to finish too far up in case I get a shit hot eight seed who's just had all these waiver priorities recently. It makes the regular season less like pointless in a way. Like, obviously, there's still four spots where you cannot make the playoffs. But if you've wow. got um, the ability for eighth to just knock out first in one round. That's, yeah. that's, this is it. It's the NBA, mate. You're playing in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, watch I'd regular like- season NBA either. Fuck that. No. Nah. No way. You couldn't pay me to watch regular season NBA. Do I want to see fucking Sacramento on a Tuesday night? Fuck. I'd rather watch toenails grow. Honestly, I really would. Sacramento suck. The league's bullshit. I'm moving on. (laughs) Okay. Mate, what gets my goat? Um, This is a return to this segment for somebody who got my goat a little while back. Uh, Jimmy G, he makes a return to this segment. <laughs> and last time, you'll remember, he was for cock-blocking my boy Elijah Mitchell at the goal line twice in week eight when he hadn't scored a rushing touchdown in well, living memory. But now it's because as my QB start of the week, he not only wasn't the QB start of the week when it was all said and done, he was even beaten by a tenth of a point from your stinking QB start of the week. And it just pisses me <laughs> off because I, st- I started that whole thing about Jimmy G with just three words. Do you remember those three words? So handsome. Oh, that's two words. <laughs> Genuine. Asshole. Defense. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. So that's what pisses me off. And the defense was a genuine ass. It just, it was a runny the ass. Doing, they Jimmy? ran on that ass instead of, you know, passing on that asshole. But gee, so handsome. He did. He looked great while he did it. <laughs> yes, he really did. I, um, my wife has very little appreciation for what we do here, but I showed him a picture of Jimmy last week to go, hey, if you had to pick between this guy and this guy, uh, who would you pick? And she's like, oh, that guy, pointing at Jimmy. I'm like, that's what I said. <laughs> I went back to this week. This guy sucks. He sucks a big son. And she yeah, didn't appreciate why. I don't think she believed me either. I think she she was like, well, can't you forgive him? <laughs> a really good looking guy. didn't realize Zach Efron was playing football. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice if something could go right for Jimmy, to be honest. We're just absolutely shooting from the hip here. 
Where's he going to end up? Surely San Francisco will finish with Jimmy. Yeah, it's going to be a weird situation. I, I actually start to wonder whether it was by design, like that they thought they'd actually run him for this year, hope he actually plays well, and then he's actually a better trade asset now. Um, mm. I, I, I think there's going to be definitely some takers. Like there's, there's a lot of teams that are really struggling um, at QB. I haven't seen exactly what Cleveland's situation is with Baker. I think they've Ooh. taken up his fifth-year option or something, but Probably. So he may already have another year. I'm not sure what's going on there, but I really don't think they're going to want to pay him a bag. Um, and to be honest, I think Jimmy G is, or well, I think almost anyone is an upgrade on Baker. I've talked about this for God knows how long, but yeah, I think that would be one that uh, could definitely use him. Um, I don't think Detroit's married to Goff. Um, I think that could even be one. Dan Campbell might try and, you know, get some hands- handsomeness there and uh, try and build that from the ground up. I, I don't know. Like, I, I do Literally nothing in Detroit. Like, <laughs> you might as well start with yeah, handsomeness. 100%. Um, look, there's, there's a few other teams too. Like those teams, Cleveland probably makes more sense because it probably, it, it definitely makes more sense for like a kind of contender, like someone that's on the cusp of being a bit better, maybe getting a guy like that because, you know, a young and up-and-coming team probably needs a young and up-and-coming quarterback. So, Jimmy's not really that. So, probably maybe, anymore. yeah, probably a different team that's sort of around the middle. Um, probably like San Francisco. Maybe they should get him. Oh, yeah. You know, they're a team that could <laughs> be an up-and-coming, steady, middling quarterback who's a veteran. He's kind of seen it all. Who looks like he's straight out of high school musical. I got to get my get my hand in the game. Got to get you, get you, get you, get your hand in the game. Got to get my, get my hand in the game. <laughs> it's like Pitbull, man. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and don't be afraid to the outside, Gene. What, what is it? Oh, come on. Where's my high school musical fans? <sighs> it's definitely basketball uh, related, not, not football. But, oh, is it? Uh, okay. It still works. It's, it was more a reference to uh, Jimmy G looking like Zac Efron. And, and what's the name of the high school? Oh, God, I cannot remember, mate. Oh, well, I wasn't oh, well. actually a super fan like I sound like, but it's what's, from- What's their mascot? Maybe, you know, like are they the Cougars or something? It's called High School Musical, mate. I don't have any other info. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I sound like I only a super fan. I probably portrayed myself as some super fan, but I basically just know that song. I'm a fan of the music, not the aesthetic. Exactly. <laughs> not everything else around it. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> my, Jeez, my, where my are we even on this is... podcast? I don't know where we are on this podcast right now. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what this podcast is about anymore. I really don't. Uh, I'm going to bring up the script again and have a look at what's next. Ah, wild card. <laughs> Let's talk about the wild card. That's a tick in the win column. Number one. You lose. You suck. I understand there were two games in the week just gone, um, <laughs> just to bring this back to football. Mate, I am really, really proud of you. And I want to Thank say you. this off the top in serious Matthew voice. This is Matthew like my mum is mad at me and I have to give her a straight answer about something when I'm eight years old. And she's like, Matthew, and I've got to give her a straight answer. I'm going to bring that voice up and say, mate, I just thought your two calls last week while um, – you know, you had some really good reason behind it and you pretty much stripped the emotion out of it by making it just about points. We're still pretty ballsy to go out and take five and six over two division winners. And, mate, um, I- I'm not going to foreskin any further. I just want you to talk about how the week went. I was just really proud of you doing that. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's, it's good to be at seven and from seven like I was uh, trying to strive for. And I don't exactly think I went, you know, chalk and went like, I don't, I, mean, I don't really think there are easy picks in this, to be honest, but it's not like I really did go the easy side, like, you know, I think the fantasy pros Ryan said had 
what, 0.4 points or something between him and Brendan. And you would think you would actually normally lean the, the division winner and the guy that's had the better season during the year. But I definitely saw uh, Brendan as an opportunity to beat him. And um, I definitely, even though on the podcast I said 18 points, I definitely realised I'd made an error there because I'd put the points on uh, that I had uh, for Delvin Cook onto Brendan. <laughs> so yep. I realised that my my 18-point prediction was actually only meant to be four. Um, so, look, in the end, I, I definitely saw an edge for Brendan, though. Uh, I'll, I'll just sort of go through quickly sort of the, the matchup stuff that I picked. Uh, I definitely I picked Josh Allen over Brady. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be like this. <laughs> In a quarterback battle 20, for the ages. I think I called it a 20, quarterback battle royale. And, and 22 yeah. nothing. <laughs> 22.8, 0.76. Just absolutely brutal, again, for anyone who has Tom Brady. Uh, I picked Delvin Cook to beat Kamara by seven points, I think it was, and he beat him by six. Uh, exactly. Uh, I thought Robinson was going to be better than Dylan, and he was by 6.3. Uh, I saw a massive opportunity for Brendan at, at wide receiver, and he he smashed him like he won sixteen three uh, in yeah, the wide receivers. No, it was big. I, uh, this was actually where I said as well that I thought Ryan might come back, not to this degree. I didn't think Mark Andrews was going to put up a thirty one, but yeah, I yeah. thought there was Only an opportunity for him to get one. some points back. Playing like the tight end one, man, you traded with the yeah. wrong guy. Absolutely, mate. What am I doing? Yeah, bag uh, tight end you've got, yeah. This guy doesn't have COVID, so, well, touch wood. Um, <laughs> yes. <so laughs> yes. He puts up 31.6 and got it. Like, I actually thought it was going to have a decent game as well. Puts up 18. So, it was an absolutely unbelievable tight end matchup. Yeah, uh, wow. 50 points. Wow. And this is where he got it done. Putting Jeff Wilson in his flex to get 19.9 was a masterstroke for Brendan. And it just pushed him further in front because uh, T. Higgins put up a 3.3. And that, that Denver team, as well, as much as they don't have a great offense, they have a pretty good defense. So I did actually worry about any Bengals going into Denver because it is a really tough place to play. Uh, and then, look, the, the defenses, Ryan got it back a bit. He won by about eight the kicking in the defense, but it was just not enough. And he ended up losing by 29 to Brendan. So congratulations to Brendox moving on. Imagine having the 30 million point Mark Andrews day and losing by 30. Like, I know. Uh, that Tom Brady result, that's that's a huge part of it. Maybe he doesn't score, you know, 29 points in a usual Tom Brady game. But scoring zero, yeah, wow. And and Ryan was so classy about it. Like, he said he now is two and six in the playoffs, and he holds yep. the record for playoff losses. But he was just so graceful about it. If I was him, I would have been fucking furious. So maybe he was, but he was just being calm in the group about it. I would have lost my mind. I would have just lost my mind. And it was just unlucky. Like the whole circumstances around Brady just losing all of his weapons in one game. It was just yeah. way too hard for him to overcome. Well, at um, the end of the third quarter, it was Gronk and nobody. I think that league I talked about already may have been the – I may have been the only person that was even close to winning that had Brady. It was <laughs> – it was just amazing. Like, if you had him, he just, just torpedoed your entire week. Um, yeah. The only reason I even got within, what, three and a half points of my brother was because I had Hill and Kelsey. That's the only way I was able to actually even get close by having Brady in my team. So, that's just an absolutely horrendous luck for Ryan. Um, yeah, that's all I can really say. Uh, now, I'll move on to the, the matchup we were all watching because it ended up, a, a big margin, but it was yeah. so close during the whole weekend. And I actually think during a couple, those last two games, Jackal actually took about an eight or nine projection point lead. Um, and it just obviously one guy just completely turned it on its head. 
Uh, I'll just go through. So I had Rogers beating Cousins, but I thought Cousins would have had a better game. I think he passed for about 80 yards. So oh, that he uh, didn't pass, Absolutely pass. <laughs> it was felt He fuck? obviously didn't have to do much more. Extra uh, lettuce on just, your lettuce sandwich, mate? Fuck, the lettuce what, sandwich is back hardcore. No mayo. What was worse? And the, I'll bring this up in starts the week, so I won't go on too much. But yeah. What was worse was the Bears' choice in offense. And Matt Nagy, oh, my God, he is the worst coach in history. And I know there are some bad coaches, but how he kept running the ball on that team that was actually defending the run quite well. And every single time Fields passed it, he was getting something going. And yet, for some reason, he was only used by doing like one passing down every single set of downs. Like, it was the most frustrating thing I'd ever seen. I think Fields was about 13 of 15 going into the fourth quarter. It was the most utilized pass. Like, I'm sitting here doing all these stats right. I can see easily that the Vikings' worst part of their defense is the secondary. Like, they (laughs) they cannot defend a pass to save their assholes. Like, everyone else goes there and just passes and passes and passes on him. Yeah, for some reason, Matt Nagy's like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to run it through him. No, we're not going to pass at all. Like, and to be honest, that screwed Cousins because he didn't have to do anything. He just was like, eh, we'll just give it to Delvin Cook 28 times. Um, even he's not really getting anything done. And I'll maybe th- I'll throw an early touchdown to Jefferson and I'll just do fuck all the whole rest of the game. It was a frustrating watch. Jesus. Um, one part of this matchup I was pretty proud of was I actually picked Jackal to win the running back battle. So I took Gibson and Gordon over Jacobs and Najee, uh, and it won 21 13. Yeah, so, that's a ballsy call. That is a ballsy call. Yeah. Like I said, stout Titans rush defense, mate. Just just swallowed Najee up whole. <sighs> Mark, that's about all they did well. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yes, we will not go into that. That is for a time. Let's leave the NFL podcast. to the NFL podcast. We don't talk NFL. Yes. We talk fantasy. <laughs> yes, we do. And we do not talk about games where the Titans fucking shit themselves and just if die. If you want that content, you need um, to go and see Manjot at the Pastry Press NFL. Okay? Yes, you do. Yeah, cool. Moving on. Yes, you do. And if you talk about that game, Manjot, I will not listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I definitely saw a uh, big chance here for Joel to pull in front at the wide receiver position, and I only just got that right uh, with a small thirty-nine to thirteen win. Yeah, <laughs> at wide receiver. Just by the skin of an Arctic man's dick. Ex- uh, just, just, mate. Yeah. Um, that was the thing I was talking about at the start, where it looked like Jackal uh, was actually going to pull in front. Uh, and then Cooper Cup just said, no fucking way on the MVP of this season and just destroyed him. Play just single-handedly, two touchdowns in pretty quick succession. Yeah. Uh, the guy is a freak. Uh, if you had him, you just had a fantastic season. That's that's all there is to it. He's been the most consistent wide receiver uh, on one of the better offenses in the league. Uh, there's nothing else I can say about him. He's just phenomenal. Uh, I'm glad I've got him in a couple of leagues, especially a startup dynasty league, which is just amazing. Um, yeah, look, he's, there's just nothing more I can say about him. He's phenomenal. So, yep, he, uh, he definitely tore apart this matchup, uh, made it definitely a bigger margin than it looked like it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I took Gronk to beat Ertz, didn't pan out. Gronk dropped about nine passes. <laughs> he, when he was he the only thing to go to, he just couldn't catch anything. Jeez. Yeah, he was like two receptions out of 11 targets or something like that. It was unbelievable. Um, Zach Ertz, 
10 points, you know, pretty standard, uh, you know, had an, had an all right game. You know, that's pretty much what – pretty happy at it if you're getting that out of the tight end. Uh, Pollard and Ayuk, um, yeah, I think I probably – I think I had Ayuk in front, but I wasn't really even sure if Pollard was playing. Uh, Pollard goes ahead and wins by six, so that's one of the reasons Jackal was obviously in front for a while there. Uh, 12 to minus one in the kicker battle. Yeah, uh, That wow. definitely brought uh, Jackal well in front. And then, um, and then three and three to even out. I actually thought the Cardinals were going to be a big reason why Joel uh, actually went all right in the defense, but they just got destroyed by you know the Lions, who everyone what gets destroyed by. Fuck of course, was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so sometimes the Lions, they won. You just can't explain what's happened. You can't. This is one of these Bermuda Triangle fucking things. I can't explain that. <laughs> a team who by the end of the week would have been the one seed. Lost to the worst team on earth. I just don't understand. And, and it wasn't close. It wasn't close. It wasn't just, like just lose. one they funny play, one big play. It was it was domination. I just can't explain it. And it's not it was like the Lions weren't at full strength. Like they were the ones with all the injuries. Yeah. Like they didn't have either of their everything. starting running back. They were on a fifth string running back. They didn't have, you know, Hawk, you know, absolute weapon tight end. And mm. just a whole bunch of other pieces. And they were the ones that destroyed the one seed. So Absolutely wow. unbelievable. I mean, I know that Hawk isn't a big part of their offense or anything like that. So, you know, I can understand why they didn't miss you. <laughs> they almost said that with a straight face. Of course, mate. Of course. No one talks got about it. Out. <laughs> uh, and, mate, I think the interesting thing about this whole wild card round for me is that we've now had this wild card system in place for six seasons going into this week just gone. And... You know how it's, everyone knows it's just set up the same way the old NFL conference system was set up. And often you'll see a wildcard team defeat a division winner. But to see both beat both division winners is exceedingly rare. So for you to seek it out, put together a mathematical case for why, and then have it come off is, is really quite something. So big congrats. Big congrats. Secondly, I just wanted to say about it too, and we didn't talk about this before you did all this picking, is that heading into this playoffs, the record for uh, the four versus five matchup, Five was leading that matchup four to two. So with the win this week, Jolio now helps push that out to five to two that the five seed beats the four seed. The other matchup, weirdly, three versus six, going into last week, it was tied at three each. That's pretty impressive that six is winning half the time. And now, well, thanks to this week, sixth seed jumps to having a lead in that it, it, it's it, that also sort of you know it it just i think goes to show that it doesn't matter like you said doesn't actually matter where you're placed in the playoffs at this stage of the season everyone's got strengths weaknesses and the way this season has unraveled too you could be exceedingly weak in a spot tomorrow just because of a covid holdout or someone who's iffy injury, just go and go IR, and now all of a sudden three weeks of your life's gone. At this point of the season, everyone's only playing one-week fantasy anyway. But, yeah, it just goes to show just how tight that top is. Well, 16 teams, only six teams make it. This is why we vote to keep it like this every year, because the cream of the crop make it. And, honestly, getting that five and six seed as wild cards is really, really hard. Like, it's hard to actually be a wild card each year. So there's no way that it's bad teams sneaking in because they're the ones that obviously had a really good team in front of them in their own divisions. 
and, you know, probably had a team that was worthy of winning a different division and just couldn't. So it, it, there's no way that you can look at a wild card and just say, oh, they're clearly a lesser team um, just because they're only a wild card. And this year was a, pr- a prime example of that. <laughs> only a wild card. Uh, I mean, I was definitely very vocal about how whoever won the East wasn't going to be much of a fight for anybody. That didn't prove to be true, even though the margin was yeah, decent in that matchup for uh, Jackal losing his playoff debut. Um, but that was a fight. That was a real fight. I don't think Joel comes out of it going, yeah, smashed him. I think he comes out of it going, that was close. Yep. 100%. <laughs> he would have been shitting himself. So. 100%. Uh, so, mate, now you've got to put your seven out of seven stone cojones on the line uh, with next week. I assume that you've prepared uh, a, a prediction for it and that you are, in fact, going to go ahead with it and you're not going to back out now. Of course not, mate. I'm very, very keen to try and get this to nine from nine. This would be a very short show if you weren't, because I have not prepared <laughs> it. No, just thanks. Cheers. It would also not make sense for us at all to have even come on here if I just didn't have anything <laughs> for these matchups. <laughs> just to just to talk about Jimmy G and Zach Efron. That's all we really wanted to jump on and talk about. Yeah, I think we've proven we'll find things to talk about. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. We'll spitball. I'm going to go through what the playoffs would look like if they started today. And let's preview week 13. I reckon that will come out good. But this year, I just kind of feel like it's different, don't you? If you look at this year, how tight it is. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Exactly. And how exciting would that be? Well, it'd certainly give people something to think about. And that's a wrap. Okay, man. Well, let's do it. Um, week 16 is generally in any other year, the grand final week. This year, it's the semi-final week, and we've got two great matchups. I'm really, really excited to see what you're going to do here because, like we saw from last week, and they're going to be a bit of a brute to pick. Um, and, it, hey, I'm, I'm really stoked to see who you think is going to be playing for uh, our old mug. Scuba was good enough to return the old mug. He's just hopped in a car to move to Queensland, and he dropped it by my place. So I've actually got in my possession right now... The old mug. It's right here. Beautiful, mate. Well, I'm going to tell you the two teams that are going to be fighting for it. All right. I'm ready. All right, mate. So we've got JJE versus the Bren Cox Dickman. <laughs> Dickman. You'd think I'd bring some class to his name to talk about him getting in semifinal, but no, that's not what this podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to be disappointed to hear you call him the Bren Cox Dickman. <laughs> All right. So congratulations to both of you for making the semifinals in such a big league. It means a lot just to get this far. So good luck to both. Uh, uh, also, congratulations to Taylor. Not sure if you've heard of him, uh, who's now seven from seven in predicting the playoffs in the last <laughs> two seasons. Let's see if he can keep it going. Let's see. So, Taylor, I haven't heard of her. Um, no. But when she's around, introduce me, mate. Will do. Will do. Um, so, Josh Allen versus Matt Staff Infection. Josh, ja- Josh Jackson, apparently. Josh Allen. On him. <laughs> Not the back rower from the Bulldogs. Uh, cool. The QB for the Buffalo Bills. Gets the Pats in Foxborough, who are ranked first against opposing QBs. He did destroy them there last year, but this is a different defense than we saw lot than, uh, last year. Whereas Staff gets the Vikings, who are 30th against opposing QBs. I think this matchup clearly goes to Staff, and I'm saying it's 28-20. Not a lot of argument on this one. Just what do the Patriots like to do? They like to really hone in on the thing that uh, generates the most noise. And Josh Allen has sort of become one of these really run around guys. I just think they'll try and find ways to take that away. 
And uh, Minnesota, <laughs> we just talked about Minnesota. So, yes, yeah. We, yes, we did. Uh, <laughs> so, Kamara and Dylan against Connor and Ass Blast and Gaskin. <laughs> I can't say that without like thinking on the Tiger King talking about Carol Baskin. <laughs> That's really great. <laughs> yeah, I just cannot. I cannot say it without sounding like I'm the Tiger King. Ask, uh, ask blasting, ask blasting, Carol ask Baskin, blasting Miles Gaskin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the people come to this podcast, right there. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> High School Musical and Tiger King. Uh, <laughs> Both topping the charts, I'm sure. Uh, Kamara, Kamara against Miami, who was sixth against running backs. But that doesn't scare me too much. Uh, Dylan is up against the 10th best run day in Cleveland, but actually got the fantasy relevant touch last week, which actually saw him score a TD. Very yeah. surprising. Unbelievable. Man, we were uh, only complaining two weeks ago about how he gets pulled out so Jones can just come in fresh from the bench on like a first and goal on the one. And uh, here it is. We just saw the exact opposite. He just stays in there and gets the glory touch. Everything I said about Dylan seemed to be right outside of that one touchdown touch. I, I had a mate actually message me on the side and give me a matchup for his uh, finals, and he asked me Devontae Parker or AJ Dylan. And I actually um, steered him into Devontae Parker because I worried about Dylan up against that uh, Baltimore rush D. And they actually were very stout against him. They just gave up that one touchdown yeah. at the start of the game and he only scored about another you know four fantasy points outside yeah. of that so um and Devontae Park scored more points so toot my horn again toot toot, toot, uh, toot baby <laughs> always always uh Connor against the third best rush D of the Colts and is no guarantee of playing with mm. a freshly hurt heel which has he hasn't actually practiced from yet uh, Gaskin came straight off the COVID list into a backup role behind the better Johnson last week. So who <laughs> knows where that goes this week? And Miami has a terrible matchup for running backs anyway, as the Saints are second against the run. This is a clear Brandox win here as he takes 24-13. And, mate, look, in all this, AJ Jellen's got the cupcake of these defences going against only the 10th in Cleveland. It turns out that's the exactly. best matchup out of all of them. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. They just <laughs> all got garbage. But at least Brandox is guys have more like they're actually just better players so you're always yeah. got more confidence in the better players against the bad matchups than guys that you pretty much are just hoping have good matchups and he's in his two all right so Devonte parker and jefferson up against debo and gage very interesting here as it's two yeah. studs and two very interesting players coming off good weeks parker at the saints who are 25th against wideouts and Jefferson up against the Rams. So we'll have Ramsey sticking to him like shit on Matt Ryan's cleats. <laughs> Gage also gets Detroit, who are middle of the pack against wide receivers, but that's only because they cannot stop any running backs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is real close, but I'm going to slightly take JJE here in a high-scoring affair, 28-26. Ooh, all right. Look, I, I, I like the wide receivers here, both of them, much, much more than I like either the running backs. The running backs are just in absolute, like, you know, walking across a desolate desert versions of matchups. But, gee, the wide receivers all kind of have a little bit of meat on the bone. I know that Ramsey's going to be sticking yep. to Jefferson, but Jefferson just seems to be matchup proof, right? Where does, oh, I know we sure. asked this the other week in a rhetorical yep. fashion. Where does this guy get drafted next year? Man, if he's not in the top five wide receivers, I'm not here. Oh, he has to be. Right? There's no doubt. And Absolutely any other no top idea. five wide receiver, you don't go, oh, he's matchup. Oh, I'm worried about. Nah. No. Is anyone ever worried about 
Devontae Adams matchup. No. And I think Justin Jefferson's becoming that. For sure. I, and I actually said that last week when he had me and Josh's question. He asked for a fantasy MVP in the finals. So I actually said Jefferson. And I yeah. knew, I looked through his matchups and saw that he was going to have Ramsey in the second week. And it didn't bother me. Um, I do think in general, it caps some upside. Like, I don't see this being the week he gets like 30, but I'm also not worried about him. Like, I could also see him having like an efficient two-touchdown day or something and still getting in the 20s. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. not something that I'm worried about. And I, I just think there's going to be a lot of passing and things like that um, anyway. So, I'm not worried about him. Um, I just think... I think I like Gage better than Parker this week. I just think Gage is so involved in that Atlanta offense. And I've just got him a bit over that, over him. And Debo, man, I know he's a running back, but <laughs> I think against the Titans, I think he's going to get a bit more uh, involved in the passing game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him rush for a TD again on the goal line. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to I'm just gonna slightly go Pete here, but I think it could go either way. Now, if we know something about Tennessee, it's that stout running defense. Uh, Samuel will have to play receiver this week. (laughs) He'll have to. He'll have to. He'll have to revert to what's on his actual uh, fantasy card. Yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, So, Goddard versus Pitts. A very good tight end matchup. Goddard up against the Giants, who are 19th against tight end, and Goddard is on fire at the moment. Pitts up against Detroit, who are also below average stopping the tight end position at 18th. Overall, I'm going to stay in the flames and predict a 13-10 win here for Goddard. Now, obviously, obviously, a lot rides on whether Tyreek Hill comes back to play or not here. Uh, Wilson versus Osborne at flex currently is 11-7 win for Brendox at this point. But if Hill plays, it's a 15-11 win for JJE. So watch this space. And these guys who get the very early in the week, like COVID reserve listing, just got to watch this space for those guys because yep. they only have to return negative test pretty quickly and, and sit out there five days as well. And, and then they can be back. So there's a hot chance we might see Tyreek. That changes a lot. It does. It changes a lot, a lot of matchups. Uh, and it, it is actually different now. I think it was last week they passed uh, even more leniency on it. Like you, yeah. it's a lot easier to come back from COVID, uh, you know, even just testing positive for it, uh, even at, especially if it's earlier in the week, but even later yeah. in the week, they still can actually come back uh, as long as, like you said, they return a couple of uh, negatives. So, look, there's a chance. Uh, we'll wait and see, but it definitely turns that flex match up, put it that way. Uh, you just stick Duke Johnson in there, mate, and everything's fixed. Oh. The better Johnson. There'll be a, a Duke way. Johnson incident in the semifinal, I'm telling you. So, this is incredibly close. If Hill doesn't play, I have Brandox by nine uh, eight, sorry. But if Hill does play, I still have Brendox by one point. So for that reason, there's no changing my tip based on Hill. It'll just be the margin. And it's a return to the grand final for the all-time dick men. That was meant to be all-time great dick men, but I just for some reason forgot great. I love it. Um, I mean, we've got some pedigree difference here. You've got, you know, Pete, he's made the one playoff appearance. It was 2018. It was bundled out by some bloke named Taylor, um, 90 to 58. Great. We're on the other end of it, Brendan now has 10 playoff wins. That is twice as much as the next closest rival, and there's three teams tied for five of the next closest. So the pedigree disparity is huge, straight up. Uh, Brendan, more starts in the playoffs than Pete has had hot dinners. This will be Brendan's 
count it, 15th playoff appearance. Second most has nine. Like, it's just whatever record you could have in the playoffs, Brendan has it. He's fresh off defeating Ryan for a record third straight time in the playoffs. No one has a three-win record against anyone else in the finals. Just Brendan beating Ryan. I think that's amazing. There's precedent for six winning this matchup. Did you know in 2018, Seahorse cruised by the Queensland Dickman team 99-97 to make a maiden grand final appearance in his debut season as a six-seed? Man, I'd be okay with ringing the bell to put the sixth seed in the final two. It's just, it's hard to walk past all of those things. Well, mate, I've predicted it. It's happening. <laughs> There's nothing more I can say. Wow. I feel like that, that deserves nice. a bit of a ring the bell, but I don't have a bell. I've got the trophy. Sixth seed going to the grand final. Wow. If Hill plays, I've got him when he by a point. So that is the closest. Uh, prediction that I'll ever give. So to say that it could go either way is pretty obvious. Wow. <laughs> but I've just got a slight edge to uh, to Brendan, I, I think. Now, I don't know how you're going to do this, but you've got this awkward position of either having to check self-interest and self-promotion at the door or just going, fuck it, Vinagre Storks by 37. Um, how are you going to approach previewing this matchup, mate? <laughs> Well, mates, myself versus the Snag Dogs in an Astro League South rivalry game. Yeah. You've sniffed now, each other I, a fair bit this year. You have. So now when I had to sit out for a week and watch my team, I hadn't envisioned every top player either getting COVID or my QB losing all of their weapons. My goodness, my team is in fucking disarray. And that's all <laughs> I can say. From here on, it's unbiased Taylor basing it purely off matchups and players. Let's go. Ooh, okay. He's got it all out of his system now. I'm ready. Now, Mahomes versus Rogers. Mahomes versus Pittsburgh, who are 10th against QBs, mainly because they can't score themselves. Rogers up against Cleveland, who are 11th against quarterbacks. Rogers is on fire right now and may have taken the MVP trophy off Tom Brady last week. Mahomes may not have either Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey is, and is up against a terrible offense. So it's hard to see a ceiling game here for Mahomes. I'm taking Rogers 26-19. Ooh. Wow. Not, you're projecting Mahomes. You're projecting him for less than 20. Oh. Yep. Wow. I, just don't, okay. I struggle. I'm worried even if the guys play because I just think they're going to get up so easily and it's just going to be one of those shitty games and the Steelers aren't going to do anything on them and they're just not going to have to score. It's going to be a lot of what you saw uh, through those sort of bad times. My just hope is that you sort of get out of Mahomes what you saw against, say, the Raiders that second time when he at least jags a couple early uh, before the whole run happens um, and then maybe gets a third. And then even if it's a shit second half or something, at least you know he's got a good score by halftime, but Ooh. I'm just a bit worried. Okay. And, and the problem is I can only project these right now from what I see right now. And I'm sitting there seeing COVIDless Kelsey and COVIDless Hill. Uh, look, I would, be, I would be able to change it if they both play. I, I guarantee that. But at this stage, I can only, I can only project it how I see it. Wow. Okay. Let the record show, Your Honour. Now, Josh Jacobs and Najee up against Edmonds and Michelle. My God. <laughs> Jacobs up against Denver, who are seventh against running backs. Najee up against uh, Kansas City, who have been quality over the last four or five weeks, but 22nd over the entire year. Edmonds is far more interesting if Connor is out. 
He's up against the third best running back defense in the Colts, but he could be a factor in the passing game, especially if Connor's out. Michelle, who looks like a clear back still over Henderson, is up against the Vikings, who are 20th against running backs. With Eckler on the COVID list, this is a clear win for Joel again with him winning 22-15. Wow, okay. I mean, yeah, isn't it the oddest thing that a first-round drafted running back is now looking like the better running back in a backfield on an offense that's actually pretty good? Isn't that the funniest thing you ever heard? (laughs) Yep, unbelievable. I know, right? Um, but I mean, so you're looking across the hallway and then there's, oh, there's a team across the hallway here. have got two first round drafted running backs against me. Great. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a definite thing where, you know, those guys are volume plays. They're, you know, there's a great chance that the Raiders will stick it with Denver. And, you know, you've said this a hundred times about Jacobs and, and about Harris too, that they are the most useful when their teams are front running. Yep. And that's just part of baked into how they how they return their value. And if their teams are trailing, they kind of disappear. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out, especially with Edmonds coming back for you. Um, and God, you need him. If Eckler's not going to play this weekend, God, you need Edmonds. And um, I mean, I know it was a weird game last weekend against the Lions, but oh, what a position to be in. It's not just that. Basically, that whole Michelle Henderson thing has turned out to be a nightmare. It's the worst yeah. possible situation I've got to be put in. Like I took Sony to back up Henderson because Henderson had copped that sort of niggling yeah, thigh injury. Or whatever My was, yeah. hope was that Michelle would play all right behind him a couple of games uh, just to sort of get me through, and then they would just revert back to Henderson. Uh, but now they're stuck in this weird timeshare that I don't 100% know because I've only got one glimpse at it and what it actually looks like with, like in terms of carved-out runs. Um, I'm still worried that if I take Michelle, who seems to still be the clear guy, that it just reverts back to Henderson without me knowing, or it's going to be like game script dependent and Henderson's going to be still more the passing down guy and Michelle's going to be getting the running back work and I've got to sort of just make a guess on whether I think the Rams are going to win. So it's just a nightmare situation I'm in all of a sudden. It's it's the last thing you wanted when coming into the semi-final week. Extraordinary. <laughs> it's truly extraordinary for a team who looks so bulletproof after about six weeks when you've done all those wonderful trades and had this amazingly strong team. And I kind of feel like maybe you over-traded and then you found yourself in a position where now maybe some of these things wouldn't be as big of issues. But, I mean, also, just not having Derrick Henry is 90% of your problem, right? Yeah. It's, it's a Derrick Henry problem. It's not an everything else problem. If I'm sitting there with um, a regular Mahomes, a regular Kelsey, uh, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, and then these three guys I'm going to talk about in my wide receivers and flex, yeah. I guarantee you I wouldn't be worried. I now have caveats. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? If, Why do if they all have these caveats? Things- if all these things that Scuba said apparently is my fault for happening uh, did, <laughs> had it yeah. happened, I'd be sitting there feeling a lot better. <laughs> I mean, you're your own Grim Reaper, and we all know it's true. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> now, again, there's question marks on my team again here. At this stage, it's AJ Brown and Keenan Allen up against AJ Green and Cooper Cup. AJ Brown up against the Niners, who are 17th against wideouts. Keenan Allen with a great matchup against the Texans, who are 20th against the uh, receivers. Cup, even if it mattered, gets the Vikings, who are last against opposing receivers. This looks like a record weighted to be broken. AJ Green gets the Colts, who are 18th against receivers, so far easier to beat them in the air. Yet again, it's a win for Joel here, and he takes it 36-26. 
Wow. How about that? This Cooper Cup guy, I don't understand why a small little white guy is all of a sudden just completely uncoverable. I just don't understand how the world has come to this. Because, mate, when I played for the Astros, wasn't true. (laughs) 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 I'm sitting right in front of my game-worn number 80 jersey. It's behind me. I'm touching it. I can feel the, the love and the warmth of the thing. But it was never, never as slippery as it seems Cooper Cup is, mate. Jesus. Unbelievable. Talked about him early in the podcast. He's just, he's an absolute phenom. Fucking uh, covered in spiders or something. He's invisible. Is he a cloak of invisibility? Is that what's going I don't know. People who cover him all of a sudden get color blindness and they can't see him from the crowd. I, I just don't understand how this little white guy is all of a sudden the best receiver in the history of the universe. I cannot understand it. Just runs awesome routes, I guess. And pl- players are normally either like, you know, great at getting targets or great at getting touchdowns. He's just yeah. both. Like he just the amount of like, times he's got double do digit receptions <laughs> for exactly hundred and something yards and two touchdowns has just been amazing this year. Uh, the old El Paso ad. He's like, why don't we have yes, both? Yeah, why don't we move? <laughs> <laughs> now mate, I don't know if there's a theme to what I'm talking about here, but yet again there's an enormous question for me at tight end. Travis Kelsey, the number one tight end for the past five years, outside of right now, of course, (laughs) uh, is on the COVID list. I'll I'll project a decent game for competitor uh, Zach Ertz, who's against the 30th uh, best uh, tight end defense. I don't even know how to predict myself here, but at this stage, I have to assume I'm getting a waiver wire pickup in this league. So I'm predicting Zach Ertz to win 12-5. You're in such a shitty spot here too because, okay, you go get a waiver wire pickup. Like, what are you dropping to go get a waiver wire pickup at this oh, point? You know, like, I don't know. with the way Does your roster is built and who you've got to keep, so how do you drop a player that's not all of a sudden actually valuable to the next person if they make it to the final? No, nah, I'll find a way. You know, <laughs> like this is the conundrum, right? Because you can't, you cannot wear a zero. No, I definitely like, can't. This isn't week eight. You can't wear a zero. No, not at all. So, Metcalf up against Brandon Ayuk. Metcalf against the Bears, who are 24th against wideouts. Ayuk against the Titans, who are 31st against the same position. Ayuk is hot and cold at the moment. Yeah, and against is. a very beat of secondary, I say he has an above average game and finishes with 11. Metcalf has been an incredible disappointment and weirdly just has no connection with Russ at the moment. I'm going to give him 10 points here purely on potential. That's all I can do. Yeah, so, on my start of the week when I just take everyone on Struggle Town's roster just to make sure that they play yeah. shit. You're going to love that. I'm like, oh, you, mate, last time I started, you scored a 1.8 and absolutely pulled my pants yeah. down. I'm taking you again. <laughs> It's just like, again, I'm, I'm not trying to do it to sort of downplay my team. I just think in general, if I see a guy like Ayuk against such a bad secondary, yeah. it's hard not to give him a good projection. So You feel the earth so shaking. Like you can, it's like that scene from um, you know, Jurassic Park that won all those like awards for cleverness and stuff where it's just like you know, the thump and you can see the cup shake and the water yeah. moving in it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's what I can see when Brandon Ayuk goes up against the world record for us secondary. <laughs> In semi-final week. Let's hope it all goes to George Shittle. Uh, <laughs> both defence and kickers are very close, so I don't see enough to split them. Yep. So 
So this is the biggest margin I've picked in a matchup all playoffs, probably even counting last year. Fantasy football is all about timing and a bit of luck, and unfortunately, it just hasn't fallen my way. I'm taking the Snag Dogs by 32. Obviously, it could be a lot closer if some things change, but I can now only pick off what I see right now. Also, I'm 3-0 and when I pick against myself this year, so I can normally find when my team is struggling. Joel versus Brendan in the final. Wow. That'd be a replay of the 2010 grand final. Which would be pretty interesting, but have a go at this, right? Um, at the moment, I'm looking at the NFL.com website, and the only player in your lineup is IR, AJ Brown, projected <laughs> zero points, and every other play you've just taken out, so you can have a uh, projection of zero, which I think is so clever, very funny, and it would it, it's the sort of shit that I would do just to be like, I'm showing my opponent nothing. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. It was just pissing me off that there was like people on zero sitting my team anyway, and I'm sitting there with like an 80 projection and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, bullshit, I'm just going to place I'm my players as they nothing. go through the play. Yeah. yeah I, I love nothing. the play. I'm sure he's absolutely scared. I <laughs> love the play. you got no idea how much I love the play. It's exactly what I would do. And then I would not make a single move until the minute I had to. So you've got, you know, the, the Titans and 49ers going tomorrow. That's the only guy I'd be putting in my lineup at this point. I'd just fucking lean into it. Why not? That's if he's even playing. That's how crazy it is. Like I just <sighs> have even the guys that are looking like they're designated to return and stuff. I just still don't even know if playing. Yeah, but so, what do you even do if he's not playing? Then like you can't drop anything to pick someone up for him if you're still trying to fucking no. find a tight end. Like I just, I just don't understand how you're going to navigate this week at all. Nah, it's just lube your asshole up and get ready. I think I've said on this episode of the podcast already today, I just don't understand how, insert situation, three different times. Turns out I've been playing this stupid sport for 14 years or something like that. We're 16 weeks into a season and I still just don't know. I just don't know. Why am I on a podcast about this show? I clearly don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) It's so, it is frustrating. Yes, yes, it is. I mean, do you know? I, I don't know that you even know. This is the thing. I mean, you can't tell me because you want to keep your cl- cards a bit close. I understand. But God, isn't it more fun when you're losing? Because then you can just shoot from the hip. <laughs> You've got to be a bit North Korea about this. I, um, sorry, I was just checking to see uh, waivers running uh, just to sort of talk about it. I got freaked out then because I thought I got no one <laughs> because it was stuck on my fifth week 15 matchup. So my team was oh. exactly the same. I'm yeah. like, how could I have not got one of my waivers? It doesn't even make any sense. I did like six. Uh, yeah, no, I've seen you've turned a few guys over. Um, unfortunately, the tight end didn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> I actually probably needed that the most. But uh, yeah, all good. I, I was surprised anyone else needed a tight end. I thought I would have got that actually pretty easily. Uh, the, the folk who picked up tight end were dropping uh, David and Joku to do it. So you're not alone in the tight end depths of despair. It just makes it even more um, needing for Kelsey to start, which, I mean, is pretty obvious. You know, when you've got a guy like Kelsey to, to compare to whoever else that you, people have at uh, tight end, that's an enormous advantage. So it's going to be hard either way who I put there. So Can I tell um, you, though, I if say- I'm Joel, I don't care what I drop as long as I can drop something to pick up the most valuable tight end this week. Not because I need it, because oh, I know you sure. fucking need it, and but my way of priority is better than yours. That's 100% why I'm like, doing it, defense. I'd play keep away for sure. I've yeah. got absolutely no issue with that. I would do that as well. 
this shows the maturity of this league. It's just like it no is. one else is talking about it, and Joel's just like big middle finger to you. Fuck, I love this league. I've got about nine hundred people on my bench at the moment, so it's absolutely wonderful. You He's got one starter who's on IR, and everyone else is on his bench. I love this. I will <laughs> say, has gone and picked up the happy. one position you desperately need the most. What is this? I, um, the Cold War. <laughs> I was happy I got Justin Jackson, to be honest, because I. My biggest worry about handcuffing Eckler has always been it's never been 100% sure, but I am 100% sure now. Like they, um, Roundtree is not involved at all. Joshua oh. Kelly, I know they don't like him. Like he just gets them because he has to. I think Justin Jackson gets like basically a full workload if Eckler doesn't play. Um, and the good thing about Eckler is even if he's limited when he plays, you saw against Kansas City, he can do so much with limited work. Uh, he still gets involved in the passing game. Um, he's just had another week to sort of get the injury right. It's just going to be the COVID issue. Um, if he doesn't play, you know, that's fine. I've got his backup at least. It's not going to be a good name. Uh, but I still think I'm going to get a decent game out of Justin Jackson against the Texans. Uh, but obviously, I'd rather Eckler there because he can turn 14 opportunities into two touchdowns. That's just who he is. He can. Now, in my little stats corner here, I've got that you've made seven playoff appearances, and this is the first team time that I've got that you were coming off a first round bye. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I know. I, from memory, I've always sort of snuck into like either a wild card or just like a third or fourth seed. Face one, uh, yeah. I, most times, yeah, it's just how it sort of worked out. I've, I even brought up. I think it might have been on last year's podcast. I've always felt like I've I've got a team that I've never really been confident in, even to go into the playoffs. Like it's always a team that's got lots, either lots of injuries, or I just had to like piece together a running back two to get there, and like all this crap. I've sort of always like sort of limped my way into the playoffs. Uh, this year was finally the year where I felt like that yeah. was going to happen, and then uh, now we're looking. A team that's all sitting on the bench because I have no idea what the fuck to do. So it's all sort of turned it's turned its head on back to me. Uh, but look, we'll see what happens. I still think my side's better than those sides, but uh, yeah, look, in the end, it's hard. Like I'm, I'm projecting at this stage me to lose by 32. So it's not like I'm in a great spot either. That's actually kind of poetic. 32 is just the perfect number, and I'll explain why in a sec. Um, okay. <laughs> in history, vinegar strokes have eclipsed 90 points in a playoff game. From those seven appearances, how many times, Tay? Oh, once. Once. Just once. It Correct. was an aforementioned, yeah. that four-skinned game, 2018 against Pete. We scored 90.68. <laughs> How's that yeah, for a team, builder? My team has been a handicapped peacock every single time. It's fine. It's fine. The playoffs. It's, I'm not yeah, it's been unbelievable. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, no, it's, have you got a seatbelt on? Have you got a mouth guard and a helmet in? You're going to need it. Um, this is me just tearing strips off you. I'm so sorry. I'm not. Oh, I'm it's not sorry. brilliant. Why not? It's I'm a so trip down memory lane for all my heartache. I think if the tables were turned to, you'd just be taking swings at me just for fun too. But in the last three weeks of the regular season, the Vinagre Storks averaged 95.0, where Jolly O's Struggle Town Snag Dogs have averaged 119. Also in that span, the Snag Dogs defeated the Vinagre Storks by 48 points in their Week 14 matchup. <laughs> it could Joel, be about to... No, wait for it. It's not done. Joel last won a playoff game in 
2011 on his way to a championship. He's been in the playoffs only twice since 2015 and 2020 to be beaten in the first round both times. But he's still one of those rare teams with a positive postseason win loss record. He is three and two, where Taylor's three and four. So, I mean, gee, there's a, this is again, this is like a weight of history thing. But the thing about Jolly O's too is that, so a lot of that's a bit ancient there, you know, so the last playoff win is a decade ago. In all these playoff wins come in one season. But, you know, he's been in the playoffs recently. He's beaten you recently. His team's on fucking fire. You know, I, I, everything says, ah, oh, the one seed, the one seed, the one seed with Mahomes and Kelsey and two top 10 running backs. And, you know, everything says you should do that. But no, I'm kind of with you. And the reason I say 32 is such a beautiful number is that he's averaging 24 points more than you in the last three weeks of the regular season. And the last time he played you, he beat you by 48. And 32 just sits neatly in the middle. <laughs> exactly. It's just kind of beautiful. I, um, that sits right in the middle. And you're like, yep, so I'm just going to split the difference. <laughs> I maybe um, didn't go high enough with my 32 because I remember sitting there uh, at the time, I picked him you know, in those matchups, and I was pretty confident about it just because where my team was sitting, it just wasn't in a great spot at that time. But I thought if in two weeks I would have some guys coming back and there'd be a bit more clearer picture on some of my injuries and things like that. But it's just gotten worse. Like, I'm yes. in a way worse spot now than I was two weeks ago, um, especially if AJ Brown then doesn't even go either. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I'm in a world of pain at the moment plus everything that could have gone wrong for me in the last week and a half has so yeah. let's wait and see what happens <laughs> that's all i can do <sighs> well i don't know whether it's uh going to be a relief or or whether you you know would just prefer to keep talking about it but i, I think it's really a good spot to move on <laughs> yeah, <please. laughs> i can hear maybe starting to feel a little forlorn and sad and uh man i'm, I'm nothing if not compassionate so uh, if, if you'd rather talk about something nice and positive like the starts of the week last week i'm ready, yeah, I'm ready sandwiches hey this is mar from pods like us the show where i talk to the people behind your next podcast addiction and you're listening to the astro league podcast with matty c has been a dick sandwich. I, I'm not even calling it a sandwich. He doesn't deserve the bread. Like, he just is a dick. And it's just sitting there on a plastic plate because it doesn't even deserve, like, ceramic plate. And doesn't get any sauce. It, it's just a dick sitting there on a plastic plate. Play, Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats. With your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C. Mm-hmm.